Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Primetime Titans. What a fun, energetic, lively podcast we have for you guys. Coming off the huge win against Seattle in Seattle. Man, uh, JG and I have a great podcast here for you guys. Pet it. Uh, can't wait to get you back from the West Coast, buddy. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. Uh, get a, get into just recap of the game, some of the things we were really happy to see improvements on from last week. Some things we still need to work on as a team. There's a lot to improve on. And um, yeah, just kind of break down the game and, and talk about it from a fan's perspective. And uh, we have a really good time with it. We think you're really going to enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, please welcome in Drake. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps. All right, riding. here we go. Titans pull out the victory. 33-30 in overtime against the Seahawks. Big, important news with that as well. Vrabel now 8-0 and after double-digit losses. We touched on it in the Seahawks preview, and you know, it was, it was a little, little bit of optimism for the, for the podcast for the week. Turns out to, to be 8-0. We're, we're still undefeated after double-digit losses, and it's huge. Um, it's JG here. We got the primetime time boys we actually we're, we're missing one right now we might have him uh calling at some point but i got robert with me robert how we doing here we go baby doing amazing i mean well i let's let's just go ahead and jump in let's go ahead and get your thoughts um what a, a what a recap. roller coaster of a game i mean there was a point in time that game i think after jack uh Swaim's long touchdown catch where it was 30 to 16 where I was I was sitting with my brother-in-law and I was like all right this game's over third and 11 there's a third yeah, and 11 yes and my brother-in-law made a joke shout out Kason McInturf if you're listening friend of the show friend of the pod <laughs> uh he said as soon as that kicker is it Jason Myers the kicker for the yeah. Seahawks he missed the extra point and he starts clapping he goes we're, we're back in it that's he's like he's like that's gonna be the difference. We got a chance, and he's he's kind of joking. He also had the Titans at plus seven and a half uh, at the time. He like on, on one of those surge bets. So maybe um, that's what he meant. We're back in it for the so. Uh, <laughs> but needless to say, that was arguably the difference in the game. It was massive. I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, so that was huge. And then obviously we start feeding Derrick Henry, and oh, what what a great win we that. I was sexing with some people last night, and really the best way to describe this game is just highway robbery, right? Derrick Henry putting the team on his back, refusing to lose. Well, yet another Hall of Fame performance from the King. And I know, I know we'll get into all the different details, and we got a lot to improve, but it's a lot easier to improve those small details after a huge win like that against a really, really good team in the NFL in front of the loudest stadium in the NFL um man we that's the team that I was expecting week, week one. 1 yeah that's a good point so for me i i think roller coaster is the best way to put it i mean i 
I don't know what it was. It was funny. So I was I was watching it with um, uh, I was watching my new new friend or my friend's new house, Ryan Finnerty. Shout out Ryan Finnerty. One and zero in Donaldson. New friend, new friend. No, right? not new friend. Friend's new house. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were watching it there, and it was funny because before Derrick Henry's sixty yard touchdown run, Finnerty had said something like. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of like, still a lot of ball games, stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's not over. This game isn't over. And then, boom, Derrick Henry busts that 60 yard touchdown. I mean, that that's what he does. That's what he does. That was amazing. Um, the uh, the third and eleven touchdown to Frey Swain. That was that was just that was crushing. I d- I thought that I definitely thought at that point it was like why we 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 have good plays here and there, and then all of a sudden there's a busted play. And it's killing yeah. us. So, and that was my overall thoughts on the defense. Like, let's sure up those busted coverages and like bad plays because it's like we played okay, and then when we have bad plays on defense, they're really bad. Yeah, the secondary at times, but in both games, has had really head scratching moments where you're just you kind of it's hard to not think our secondary is ter- terrible. I mean, we you could we missed Amani Hooker in that game. We did, especially in the first half. Bradley yeah. McDougald came in and just got burned twice by I'm Tyler Lockett. I'm pretty sure Crookshank yeah. started to take snaps. And that's what I was going to say. Crookshank came in in the second half, and you didn't see Lockett get away for a deep ball. And I don't know, maybe they weren't looking to him, but I've also among the impression that maybe Crookshank had a lot better game than McDougald. And it's hard to know that without watching the film, but um, Crookshank has always had the skills. He's always had the size and the speed. It just seems like he hasn't been able to put it together. Maybe we're starting to see Crookshank evolve. Uh, Which would be huge for yes, the time being with absolutely. the Monty Hooker on IR. Um, so, yeah, so overall just I, – I I definitely – I mean, I know uh, if you were listening to the Seahawks preview, I did predict a loss. Um, but I still thought that we were going to come out and compete. And we, we kept talking about just wanting wanting us to show up, wanting us to – make that statement and I, I would say that in that overtime win we definitely made that statement. I mean when when we when we punted it um on the the first drive of overtime, I thought to myself, we're punting away the game here. Agreed. Um and then uh defense stepped up, forced a three and out. I mean that was massive. So um, and then we got to give kudos before we move on to to our boy Randy Bullock. We got to got to give kudos so, to Randy so, Bullock. Uh, some tweets going around that he's Fat Randy, that that's his nickname across the country. And, you know, I'm going to take my kickers who make their field goals, and it seems like we've got kickers that are – they got the beer belly going on. Sloman. <laughs> Sloman. With uh, with the dink for the ASC championship win. It doesn't now, have to be pretty. And now Randy Bullock, you know. Does not have to be pretty. It does not have to be pretty. I – he was three for three, and then he missed a field goal, and the, I was like, All right. the, "Yeah, the missed field goal." That was another point in the game where yeah. I was like, "I, right, I mean, come on." I was like, "Here we go again." But at the same time, you know, you'll take three for four. I guess it's a lot better than zero for four, which we've seen. Didn't before. miss an extra point. No extra points, and, and then Badgley, obviously the game winner. So yeah, Badgley missed an extra point last week. So so here's the qu- here's an interesting question. Before, do you stick with Randy Bullock even when Ficken? gets healthy after a huge kicking game like that. I kind of thought about that, and I, I don't really know yet. I mean, I, the way Randy Bullock is as a kicker, 
<laughs> he's our could, hero. No, I, I'm saying next week he could miss like oh, three kicks. And he's we're inconsistent. Like, yeah, we're we're already back to you know hating our kicker. So well, with our luck, he's going to be hurt in two weeks. Yeah, and well, then we got Sam Ficken will be. Yeah, he'll be back. Um, we we need you back, Ficken. Um, okay, so we're going to get into uh, some points of the game, uh, similar to the Cardinals game last week. How we did a little recap and touched on some things. So. Um, first off, just real quickly, can we just talk about how the refs were that game? I, I thought overall that they struggled. I mean, the, the Julio Jones touchdown that was overturned. Yeah. That for those. So just to make it clear, it's not that the, the whole point of it is not that it was obvious that he was in, which it, it wasn't really obvious. I mean, that, it was close. It was so close, but the thing was, it was called a touchdown. Yeah, and the whole point of NFL replay is you replay and you look at a play to to overturn something that is definitive, like right. you one hundred percent can tell inconclusive it evidence, is inconclusive evidence, or and in conclusive evidence, conclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so for me and a lot of people I've seen around. Uh, around the NFL world, they didn't think that there was enough evidence to overturn it. So uh, what's funny is that his cleats, if they were white cleats, maybe that would have made a difference, which is kind of hilarious. He was wearing like blue and red cleats that were kind of obvious. Um, that was that was tough. So that was hard. And I even know- on replay, like you said, it, it was really difficult to think that that was uh, able to be overturned. Yeah. And it was a brutal – at that point in time in the game, we really needed that touchdown to kind of stay close to them. And it go back to it, but if that doesn't get overturned, we don't even need overtime. I mean, we literally, like, we had to kick a field goal. It made it, what, six, was it 17 to 9? 17 to 9. And then they drive down in, like, 40 seconds yeah, that, before halftime and that score a touchdown. That second Chris Carson touchdown was another point in the game right before halftime where I just – I was done again. I was just – Well, it was similar to what I said last week in the Cardinals game where they drove down right before half and, and scored a touchdown. Then right. we end up coming out with nothing. Yeah, our, for some reason our – our defense. Granted, we we didn't let Russell Wilson get in the field goal range at the very end of the game, but our two minute defense, I still think, needs a lot of improvement. We give way too much cushion. We were giving Russell Wilson ten yards a pop out of, and the receivers are on the sideline. They can get right out of bounds. That's a four second play. Tyler Lockett was getting those plays. I mean, he had like four of those on one drive where he's just. He's right at the first down marker, 10 yards down the field, catches the ball, two feet in, steps out, four seconds off the clock, just churn right down the field. Then they spread us out. They run Alex Collins for like a 30-yard gain down yeah, to the was, five. That was tough. And then they give the ball to Chris Carson, and it's like we can't stop him under two minutes all of a sudden. I mean, Chris Carson had nine carries for, I think, 20 yards, but two, two touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, And it was – just a really frustrating thing to see them just march right down the field and then go up. It was easy. 20. It was so easy. It was and then so, it, so then it was 24-9 at halftime? 24-9 at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but yeah. And then another another thing about the refs was there was like a, there was a spot on a third down or something. Chris Carson yeah, ran it. Yeah, third tried. and. He, he like extended his arm. Third and one. Was definitely not 
He it broke, was not a first down. I think he broke two tackles. It was a pitch play to the to the right of the defense, left of the offense, towards the viewers on TV. And I think he 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 ran through an arm tackle by Rashawn Evans, and then Jack Rabbit comes up and is is trying to pull. He's pulling him down, and he extends the ball, and it was a weird angle. But I don't. I mean, it on TV it looked like he was a good. And they didn't even measure half it of a yard short. I think it hurt us that the official was behind the play. So to her vantage point, the ball might have looked like it was uh, in front of the line of scrimmage. Okay, but I'm, I mean, Vrabel. I, I put that on Vrabel. He's got he to wanted, know. He, he was. They were talking about. It. They they were quick about it. The Seahawks knew. They they went up to the line. They snapped it. Vrabel. They they showed Vrabel after the play, and he was kind of. You could tell he was struggling with it trying to contemplate actually challenging it i, I don't know i i think that's one of those but that was that, a huge play in the game if we get that stop i know i but, mean I, I i wish vrabel had challenged it um vrabel made another decision later in the game that we'll get to on uh, that was that was arguably questionable um i guess we can get to it right now where we it, we're driving down to score and there's a penalty, and he could either get a 10-second runoff mm. or call a timeout. He chose to take a timeout to preserve those 10 seconds, and a lot of people were saying he should have gone in the head and had the 10-second runoff because we were on the goal line, and we could have scored pretty easily with Derrick Henry. And then Give the Seahawks less time. time. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, didn't to- I don't totally agree with that because I still think you know, you're under a minute, so you still, you still need time score. to score, and if you're down to 20 seconds, you might not be able to run the football more than once with one timeout. Yeah. But at 35 or 30 seconds, I think you can still run the ball, call a timeout, run the ball, and then have a pass play called in the huddle. You know, you can still run the ball twice, which is your bread and butter. Yeah. So I think there's there's maybe some defense in his for me to defend him there, but but people were. If Russell Wilson drives down the field and scores at the end of the half or gets a field goal, then that becomes very, very uh, it's large. Brought up more, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looms very large today. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, and and the uh, we'll just touch on it real quick. But the play at the end of the game where the everyone thought it was a sack in the end zone, they called forward progress. Russell Wilson was out of the tackle box. It actually was, I would think, the right call. If if anything, it should have been. Back to the line of scrimmage and an incomplete pass. Yeah, that's a that is a play going all around Titans Twitter right now. Where there's a lot of different opinions. Initially, I think we all were like safety. That's a safety. Yeah, um, screaming for it. It's hard to tell whether Russell gets the ball past the line of scrimmage. He launches it clearly before his knees down, but he's yeah. in the end zone when he launches it. There were definitely some high profile people like Shannon Sharp calling on Twitter for that to be a safety. After going back and looking at it, I think he's definitely out of the tackle box, like you said, JG, and he's not down. And so if he gets that football past the line of scrimmage, he's it's a throwaway, and it's back to the 10-yard line. And so I think we actually might have gotten bailed out by the ref blowing it dead with his forward – they called forward progress at yeah. the half-inch line. And I think we we may have actually gotten a break you know, when you really break it down and you take the emotion out of the moment, I, I don't even know that it was a sack. To be honest with you, if the if the because here's here's a good way to think about it: if the goal line's not there, if it's just on like the thirty yard line, 
and he's not down and he gets that ball off and he gets past the line of scrimmage, everybody would be saying, oh, wow, great play. He threw the ball away, yeah. right? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I And and maybe the yeah the ref just called forward progress because it was near the goal line. It looked like the play was becoming dead anyway. So that was just another but that thing. That could have been a walk-off safety, which would have been – would have oh, been hilarious. huge way to win, it, yeah. win the game. So yeah, so there's the rest, and we'll move on. Um, moving on to uh, the offensive side, uh, we want to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill. Um, we're going to talk about Michael Pruitt, and we're also obviously going to talk about Derrick Henry. But we want to talk about Julio and AJ as well. So um, I'll let you pick what out of those out of those things. What are we going to talk about first? Well, I came down pretty hard on AJ last week, so or no, on Julio last week. So yeah. I'll give him his due. He responded. He looked like one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think he got his feet in on the touchdown. So you know, in my mind, he had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. But he made some tough catches. He made a oh, couple yeah. of tough catches that were contested that you're like, okay, that's Julio. That's why we traded him. Exactly. Him. He had that deep ball. Um, I'd still, and we'll get to this with Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill, I still want to see us target Julio and AJ when it matters on third down and in crunch time. But just overall game for Julio, that is why we got so excited in the offseason when we brought him in. And it was really encouraging for me personally to see that because it was like I, I mean I, I've always been the Julio um, I was I mean on the podcast at least I was vouching for Julio the most and I like after week one I kind of was thinking wow he kind of does look a little washed up Titans so, don't have the seeing, best historical resume with old wide receivers yeah. so. so seeing that was very encouraging uh, because we're talking about receivers we'll move on AJ Brown um Got to fix the drops, yeah. but overall, uh, I liked that we were targeting him some. Probably could have targeted him more, um, but I think overall, like AJ, I think he'll figure out the drops. Yeah, he's. I, I feel like he has a game a year at this point where he has some drops like that, and I don't know if it's just a lack of concentration. Um, there were a few that were there were tough throws to where he was going to get hit. I mean, the first one that he dropped was that deep ball that the the safety was like right there and you could tell he kind of, he was ready for that getting hit on that play, but he's made harder catches than that. Oh, for sure. Which is, it's almost like his standard is so high that when you see those plays, you get more frustrated because you know how good he can be and how good he is. Um, he also, I, I don't know if anybody, if you saw this JG, but on that deep ball at the very end, when the Seahawks got a taunting call, Mm-hmm. It wasn't pass interference. He ran with his hands out. You know, they call that alligator arms. Yeah, I, I heard Vrabel actually mention that. He said, I, I didn't like how they were asking uh, Vrabel about if that could have been maybe like defensive pass interference. He was like, ah, I don't know. I didn't really like that as much because AJ was running with his hands out, you know, 10, 10 yards before the ball. Yeah, I think if he, he gets a few more arm pumps and maybe he gets to that football and it's a touchdown. And if he didn't put his hands out, the defender wouldn't have known that the ball was coming. Exactly. So, that yeah, I think that's overall, like, not concerned about A.J., but um, I, you just wish that you saw more from him. Yeah, I'm sure. excited for when we finally figure out, and I think this goes back to, 
you know, maybe another criticism of Rabel, just we touched on it last week, but the offense not playing together a ton. AJ hasn't gotten a ton of reps with Tannehill in the offseason. But we, I'm excited for the day when AJ, Julio, and Derrick Henry are all clicking, all oh three of gosh. them. Uh, and it's, it's bit, yeah, because it really has not. I mean, you could say the first game, AJ was the only one that was clicking. Yeah, if anybody um, was clicking. Then, yeah, if anyone. And then this game, you know, you got Henry and, and Julio. So, um, yeah. Okay, real quick. Let's just, before we get to Downing and Ryan Tannehill, Michael Pruitt. Beast. Let's go. I think, I mean, I love Berkshire still, and he was inactive this game, but. Michael Pruitt looked. He was giving giving me a little spark. He was he was yes. firing me up. And so that's a guy who who tr- who tried to bet on himself in free agency and went out and didn't. He was with the Titans for the last few years. Didn't re-sign with us all off season, all summer. He we had was, no idea. We were like, "Is he on the roster? Right. What's happening?" He was trying to get a, a legend. Well, we are assuming he was trying to get another contract with a, a different team, get a better deal. I think he actually maybe went to camp with the Vikings. It and was got the Forty Niners. The Forty Niners and got cut. Yeah. And now he comes in. I think there he's playing more because they've realized Jeff Swaim can't block anything. Jeff, I'm or catch I'm in out. the end zone. I'm out on Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain led up the strip sack. Yeah, that was... Ryan Tannehill's strip sack inside the 10-yard line. Yeah. And that was Jeff Swain's fault. So I'm I'm looking to see Michael Pruitt get more work, potentially as our starting blocking tight end. Uh, but he looked good. He didn't look like he had cinder blocks on his feet, like he sometimes looked like in the past few years. I mean, he was he was making plays. He was getting fired up like he was... I just I loved it. Okay, so moving on now. Um, overall, Todd Downing and Ryan Tannehill, I, we're we're mixing them together because we're almost not sure. We still saw some suspect targets. We still saw some suspect play calls. Um, I have one specifically that I kind of want to yeah, bring go up for it. on the drive that uh, AJ Brown the the pass that we were talking about, the one that wasn't defensive pass interference but it was a taunting call. Right. So we get a first down. Okay. The very next play is a first and 10. We have a bunch, like it's it's a, we, I think we had two or three tight ends with Westbrook Akina in, and it's first and 10 with Westbrook Akina in, and, and we're bunched all together. Like just in, that's what do you a, think we're doing? That's not a lineup that's going to scare many what people. What the heck do you think we're doing? <laughs> we're obviously running. So we run straight into the line for nothing. And then... Uh, we ended up like, I think we got sacked or maybe a penalty, and then it was third and long. We throw it to Julio, get it to fourth and two. Yep. Okay. Then we bring in McNichols. Now, mm-hmm. I love McNichols, and he had a he had a, sol- he had a great, I think he had a solid game with yeah. some important checkdowns and, and important like fighting for extra yards. But to me, on a fourth and two, when you bring in McNichols, I'm you're being you. obvious that you're throwing it. Yeah. Why not? Because you're I not mean, giving the you're not handing we, the ball off to McNichols on fourth and no. two in the fourth quarter. And, and and even if we it's a fourth and two, I'm not saying that I necessarily want to run it. But if you have Henry in, that immediately like flips yes. a switch yes. for the defense, and and they're on their toes. They don't know what they're yes. doing. And and on that play, if you get Henry in and you do a little play action, maybe you can get Ryan Tannehill. Uh, boot like on a boot. I kept one so where the, he can the read throw option it too. Or uh, run. I kept wanted that, but I will say though the play I thought Tannehill didn't execute the play is great because he had 
He had Tommy Hudson just right there yeah, as a check he down. Did. And if he and takes I, off, I like those plays where you have Tommy Hudson just chilling there. Yeah. It, whether it's Michael Pruitt, Tommy Hudson, or Ferkser, not Jeff Swain, <laughs> but one of those guys. So I, I don't know. That I'm was with my, you on that. That was my big. I know you have another play. Well, I also think Tannehill could have taken off maybe a second or two earlier yeah. and gotten the first down, like we saw last week in the Cardinals game where he just stuck his foot in the ground and went and got the touchdown. Um, but. You know what? Live to fight another down. My So, first of all, I think you, I got to give kudos to Todd Downing. He got a lot of heat last week because he didn't do enough play action. And our run game wasn't working very well. So, he, I guess, you know, they, they got into the office. They made some adjustments. They started pounding the run game. And it wasn't great in the first half. They stuck with it. And, look, we're, we're breaking 60-yard runs. Derrick Henry's getting – eight, nine yards a pop now in the second half, and we got, we're looking a lot better with our run game. So i got to give Todd Downing credit for that. Where I'm still frustrated with Todd Downing is on third downs and in crunch time, I don't want to see any more Chester Rogers targets. I understand that he probably did a great job in camp. He did have a solid uh, – there was – I remember off the top of my head that there was one yes. solid third down conversion. He did have a great – He made a tough catch. It was a like tough a catch. Coverage. He gets hit, bounced around. So credit to Chester che- Rogers. Credit to Chester Rogers. He's a fine player. But you you didn't bring in Chester Rogers because he is one of the, the top five to ten NFL wide receivers. You didn't draft Chester Rogers in the second round, and we are potentially thinking he's the best wide receiver that the Titans have ever had. We have two elite studs on offense – we need to be thinking about how we can get them the ball. We need to have multiple plays that are drawn up for AJ and that are drawn up for Julio to get them the ball on third down and in crunch time. When it's, it's second and 15 in overtime and we run a bubble play and it bounces off Chester Rogers' chest and it could have easily gotten picked and taken to the house, Like that's, that's frustrating. I'd and rather then, run it straight into the line than run, it, run a, a swing it, pass. I agree. And then the third and 15, again, he's it's Ryan Tannehill's like forcing a, a 12-yard out route to Chester Rogers. Even if he catches it, he's not getting the first down. It wasn't a great throw either. And it wasn't a good throw. And, and I, I'm not saying Chester Rogers shouldn't get the football. And, again, this sounds like I'm an anti-Chester Rogers guy. It's not. I'm pro-Julio and pro-AJ. I don't think we should be forcing the ball in, I said this last week, to anybody who's not 2 and not 11. And AJ struggled with some drops. I get that. But look at what he's done over the last three years. He is still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And it's frustrating to me. And I don't know if it's Todd Downing, maybe not calling plays to get them open. I don't know if it's Ryan Tannehill thinking, you know what, I'm just going to read the defense and throw it to who I, you know, the best option. And that's fine. But sometimes you've got to say, I've got two guys that are better than everybody on that defense. I'm going to pick one of them, and if it's double covered, maybe then I go to the next guy or then I go to a read and find the open man. But if it's a 50-50 ball on third and 15, give your guy a chance. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I think that's overall just what we're thinking with, you know, the reason why we're mixing Downing and Tannehill is we, we're not super happy with the play calls on third downs, we're not super happy with play calls here and there throughout the game. We're not super happy with, you know, who necessarily Tannehill's targeting. We don't know 
his reads. We don't know that kind of stuff, but I don't know. We just we just feel like we want more of AJ and Julio. Um, and then if if you do a little bit more of that, maybe you don't have to have a three touchdown, hundred eighty two yard rushing performance from the king, which is what I actually was going to talk about next. Look at that. And I mean, I just let just get a little. I mean, he still is the the best in the game, and all the mention, all the all the haters last week saying the king is washed up. He's not going to redo the two thousand yard season. He's now the rushing leader, so that's wow. hilarious. Um, six catches for that like fifty eight, fifty five yards, something like that. That is insane. So is uh, that his highest catch total in his career? Yeah, that's his. I mean, he had career high at like four catches. So. <laughs> He that just shows he's he usually doesn't catch the ball, and he probably would have had a career high in yards, except he's taken two screen passes, seventy-seven yards one time, the other one sixty-six yards, I just mean, one catches to the house. So he looked great, he looked amazing, and I just I was extremely encouraged. Um, you got to be feeling great. That it, there's nothing like a a, a long Derrick Henry touchdown. There's nothing like the second the half stats. Minute. Of yeah. a Derrick Henry game, when you you go and you look at the first half and he's plugging away, he looks a lot better than he did last week, but he's not breaking anything. And then he comes out with that sixty yarder, and he you just see him he cuts and then he does that banana bend where he gets around the safety and you just, he just know beats everyone. He just you just know everyone. oh that safety he doesn't realize how fast he is. <laughs> how does he they do never that? realize how fast Derrick Henry is? They Man. always think they're about to get trucked. And then Derek just turns on the Jets, and they have no chance. Golly. And credit to A.J. Brown on that play because that was an amazing block on Jamal Adams. Yes. Amazing chip block. Just literally just perfect what what you need. So, um, But Derek Derek Henry – I mean, the king. He put us us on his back. And you could see in this post-game speech in the locker room, he's the heart and soul now of the team – from a leadership perspective, too. Absolutely. I mean, a couple years ago, I remember reports that the coaches were saying, Derek, you got to talk more. You got to be more of a leader because he's a really quiet guy. And now he's just assumed that role. Like, this is my football team. This is the identity of our team is Derek Henry. We're going to run the ball. And he is amazing. There are just, I don't know how many more words you can use to describe how um, he, Hall of Fame is, I don't think, a stretch. At all, I mean, he certainly is on his way. Um, so, here's a little Derrick Henry stat for you: all-time leaders in games with 200 plus yards from scrimmage. Derrick Henry is fourth on the list with eight. So, all-purpose 200 yards from scrimmage. Marshall Falk, Ladanian Tomlinson, Walter Payton, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has eight. Walter Payton 11. LT 12. Marshall Falk 14. So that is some incredible company. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking a couple more of those this season. Maybe we get up to second or third on that list. Woo. He's he's a stud. He's amazing. And we we love you, Derrick Henry, and just keep doing what you're doing because when you do that, we're tough to beat. Good things happen. Good things happen. Okay, so we're going to touch on our defense as well. Um, I, I mean, like I said in my recap, any time – it's like any time there's a bad play, it's a really bad play. Mm-hmm. But overall, 
we're encouraged because of number 26, Christian Bolton. And two, um, before I let you talk, I, I also want to talk about the improved pass rush because we were putting some pressure on Russell Wilson. We didn't really um, let him scramble around like crazy like we did with Kyler. So yeah. Um, Let's hear what you think about Christian There's a Bolton. great tweet by Nick Lombardi, NF underscore Lombardi, good follow on Twitter um, if you're a Titans fan. And he basically said, am I wrong in thinking the defense looked good 95% of the game today? 5% of the game, they looked horrendous, which like is a true. really bad 5%. <laughs> yes, like some of the time where you're, you're wondering – what how do you how do you miss a guy how do you leave a guy 20 yards open downfield right um but the but to your point Christian Fulton had a shutdown game against one of the better receivers in the NFL DK Metcalf and I mean there's there is a lot of hope in Christian Fulton to being a number one I'm not going to say shutdown lockdown corner yet those are, that's high praise. Let's see him do it more. I think he should be on the best receiver moving forward. And I think if we can if we can put Fulton on the best receiver moving forward and he can do a really good job, then I'm I'm less worried about Jenkins kind of being older and maybe losing a step or two. Yeah. Um, but still having that physicality on the number two receiver. Um, so we'll we'll continue to monitor that. But I mean, the pass rush looked good. Obviously, we had that safety. The run defense looked good. Other than a couple busts, I mean, we we did a really good job on third down. We did a good job on fourth down. Um, really happy. I think that was the most life our defense has shown in two years. And it was the it was the type of game. At least in the second half, you have offense having long drives and taking a lot of clock out, and then you also get. Um, the defense stepping up and performing when they need to after the offense has been on the field for a while. And it just it just was the, the way the game plan worked out in the second half was it's what you want. Yeah. And so the second I, half defense, the only point they scored was that long bust, that coverage yeah. bust. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly huge. And it's, it's awesome and, and uh, um, definitely encouraging to see Christian Fulton uh, turn out and you know have such a great start to the year. So uh, let's just go ahead and jump into real quick. We we kind of got to wrap this up soon, but what I want to talk about uh, the old the pick before Christian Fulton mm. last year. Lazy you had, panda. You had a little question. What 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 was the scenario? All right, so we had um, some good engagement on on uh, a question we posted on Twitter. Um, and so wanted to kind of bring it up to, to the public and also get your take on it, JG. Um, the question was if Christian Fulton turns into the number one lockdown corner, right? One of the top corners in the NFL, does it make up for the Isaiah Wilson pick? What are your thoughts? Um, my initial reaction is no, because of how atrocious that panned out. It's not like, it's not like we still have Isaiah Wilson on the team, and he's just not good. Like it straight up was just a waste of a pick. But if you if you could go back to that that draft, and you could say, okay, we got a first round pick and a second round pick, first round pick right tackle, second round pick corner, and I said 
all right, you have to choose. Like one of these guys will turn into an All Pro lockdown. The other guy's going to be a bust. Would you take yeah, that? Yeah, probably. Time? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I would. I, I don't know. I, I guess I would take that just because you're getting. Uh, you never know. Like half the time, your first and second round pick, they don't really hit as well. Especially I mean, John Robinson's first round picks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I I, I think um, I see your point. And I like that. So, and it, well, I, I guess the the next question then becomes okay. With with the you know knowing what we know about Christian Fulton, was Farley in the first round the right call? And that's you know I've it's well documented that I'm I'm nervous. Maybe is is probably the kindest way I can. I would put, say nervous is a good way of putting could, it. put uh, Caleb Farley right now. Um, but there is the. There is the writing on the wall, dare I say, for a potential elite duo in the secondary. I, I mean, it's it's not anywhere close to being me, there yet. I'm shaking. Right, makes but, me excited. I mean, there's a little bit of an inkling, and I, you know, that maybe we have a couple of young corners who could be really, really good for years to come. And it has been a while since we've had a lockdown, shutdown corner. Cortland Finnegan, maybe. I mean, he was really good, but Ultron Burner, Ultron Burner for a year or two, um, but consistently year in and year out. I mean, maybe Samari Roll is the last oh, elite corner. If Christian Fulton turned into a Samari Roll. I mean, that just made me so excited. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Um, okay, we're uh, that's overall like I think the, the best thing about this game is is I feel like the word is encouraged because of like we still feel like we maybe didn't play the best game. Totally. And we come out on top. And we overtime. played a good and we, half. That's a, that's a playoff team. The Seahawks oh, are in, yeah. in one of the hardest divisions in the NFL that we have to play all four teams from, which kind of stinks. And they're going to make the playoffs. Like That's a good team. And that's a playoff environment. every Oh, for sure. Every time you go there. That, yeah, maybe like a little playoff feel. Okay, moving on, though. Encouraged, but also might be a little worrisome. We didn't even talk about this, but Taylor Lewan hurt his knee oh, that's a great in warm-up. So are we worried or not worried? Just quickly. Well, initially when I got the news, I was really – I was not happy. I and was also not – I was not feeling good at all about the game. I was texting my uncle. Shout out Uncle Carlton. Hooking, <laughs> hooking the boys up with some Colts tickets this weekend. Got to get a big round of applause. Told him I'd give him a shout-out on the podcast. So here you go, <laughs> Uncle Carlton. Props to you. Um, but we were talking about Taylor Lewan before the game, just saying, you know, he's 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 got a long way to go to get back in the good graces of the fan base. Now, the fact that we won the game sweeps a lot of that under the rug, and yeah. you can't affect, you can't control getting hurt in pregame. I get that, but it's still it left a bad. You saw that, okay? Taylor Lewan's going to be inactive. He's got hurt before the game, and you just off of last week bad taste in your mouth and i just i hope he can get healthy because when he's healthy he's elite we all know that um so so that's my I, if he's not 100% shut him down because Tyson Brelo he did a good job the Colts have a really good defense Justin Houston's a heck of a pass rusher DeForest Buckner we'll get into the Colts game in our Colts preview but um he is too important to this team to rush back if he's not 100%. And I don't think he was healthy against the Cardinals. I, I, I think 
that's probably fair to say now at this point that he was like 70% of himself against yeah. Chandler Jones and the Cardinals. I will say I don't like how we're we're turning so quick on the one. Like I'm not saying here, I'm saying overall like Titans yeah. fans. So I we don't know what's going on there. It it could be that he really did hurt it again and I hope he's all right. Are we worried or not worried about AJ's drops? Not worried. He's he's elite. He's uh he's too good. He'll have about a bounce back game, I yeah. think, against the Colts. I'm not worried as well. Um are we worried about our first two picks, Caleb Farley and Dylan Radens. Only reason Dylan Radens was active was because of Lawan's injury. Right. Farley was out. I think he hurt his groin or something. So not not any more worried about Farley than I have been. Okay. Um I just I want to see him play. Uh, he's hopefully get more, he'll get more snaps as the season goes on and he gets more comfortable. He I keep having to remind myself he has not played football in 2 years. So yeah. Um, and he's he's coming off of back surgery, so just I'm okay that they're slowly getting him back. And as far as Dylan Radins, I'm starting to get more and more worried about Dylan Radins. They moved him to guard, and then Saffold went down, and we put Aaron Brewer, Brewer in, in, and Brewer looked really good, actually. So it's just turning into one of those picks where I'm confused why we made the pick. If 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 you're confident in when Aaron could Brewer, could have been a receiver there we wanted. Right. You if know? you're if you're confident in Aaron Brewer, and then you're confident in Sombrello, like Sombrello and Quisenberry had a really good game. I think they gave up one quarterback pressure between the between two the two of them. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe the coaches see Raidens as a long term project where they're going to bring him along over the next couple of years. And you know maybe maybe he makes us eat our words here, but but I'm definitely nervous about Dylan Radens. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm worried about both of them uh, in the sense I'm worried about Farley's injuries um, and worried about Radens just overall. Like we thought he could be a tackle, and I don't know if he can be right now. Yeah. So, but don't hear what we're not saying. Nobody's calling for a bus. Nobody's oh, saying no. that they're never going to be anything. Listen, we're just it's just they're on the team. They're practicing. And they're not in Miami That's right. <laughs> trying to become a rapper or something. So it's definitely, you don't have... Better than it could be. Yeah, definitely better than it could be. Okay, so there was Titans, 33-30. I'm super pumped, super encouraged. And, I mean, it's a game like that just, it turns around your Sunday. It you gets you going, baby. You're losing in fantasy. You don't even care. It turns around your crushed, season. It doesn't even matter. It turns around your season. It turns around your season. We're one and one, one and zero for the week. That's right. We got another game next week. Huge game next week. Huge game. Indianapolis Colts, and uh, you will hear about that preview a little later on in the week. And uh, for JG, and I'm Robert and Pettit. Hey, stay safe out in Oregon, baby. <laughs> we thank y'all. <laughs>